I call this series, Why I Believe in Biblical Prosperity. In first explaining why I believe in prosperity, we must first discuss what it means to believe. The Bible says without faith it is impossible to please God. Therefore, to believe God's promises and that he will do them for you pleases God. From this we can also deduce that running around telling people God will not perform his promises, that those promises are not for today, or that those promises are not for you, displeases God. Our example in the faith is referred to as faithful Abraham. That's what the Bible calls him. Abraham had received a promise from God that was impossible in his natural condition to occur. But the Bible tells us that Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. The Bible also says that to he who knows what to do and does it not, to him it is sin. So, once you've heard this message, you will have a responsibility toward it in regards to what you do with it. Now, Abraham's faith was more than just simply believing. Romans chapter 4 and verse 18 says, In hope against hope he believed, that he being Abraham, so that he might become a father of many nations according to that which had been spoken, so shall your seed be. Without becoming weak in faith, verse 19 says, he contemplated his own body, now as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. And yet, verse 20, with respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God, being fully assured that what God had promised, he was also able to perform. When we examine the deeper meanings in the Greek that the New Testament was written in, we find that Abraham did not ignore his own natural condition. He fully understood his own body's condition, and he fully understood his own wife's condition. But he did not let that understanding or examining of the facts influence his believing. There was a third party involved in this promise, the Almighty God and he fully examined God as well as he could to the extent that he could. And he concluded, after this thorough examination, that God indeed was able to do what he'd said he would do. It's important here to notice the examination. Many people claim that so-called faith people deny sickness or poverty or simply practice positive thinking. However, Nothing could be further from the truth. We examine sickness and poverty and weigh it against the promises found in the word of God and he who made those promises. And in any rational examination, the conclusion must always be that God and his promises are greater than any condition we may be experiencing at the time. Being in a covenant with our Heavenly Father, we do not deny sickness or poverty but rather we deny its right or privilege to prevail upon us given the promises made by our Heavenly Father. Abraham conducted a thorough examination of all aspects of this promise. He found his own age. He found his wife's barrenness. But he concluded that neither of those things nor the combined force of those things were greater than the promise 
or the God who made them. In my line of work, I deal in detecting and reporting of financial crime. It can occur in many ways and through many seemingly fine organizations and institutions. And while I may think that money laundering doesn't occur in a particular institution, it is not until I've conducted a thorough review of their monitoring controls, policies, and procedures that I can be certain that any such activity would be caught and prevented. I can walk in believing, but it is not until I've completed such a review that I can be fully convinced. When the Bible says that Abraham was fully persuaded in the Greek, it carries the connotation of the confidence that can only come after such a thorough examination. So, to simply take the word and believe it is fine, but to truly explore these promises and experience them for yourself, one must weigh the circumstances against the promises and the God who made them and reach the inevitable conclusion that God is greater than all these things. How then do so many people still not believe in prosperity, in healing, and in all the other promises that are so clearly defined in God's word? The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The world and the church are filled with great orators, men who command attention with their eloquence of speech and persuasive tone. But if these are not based on the word of God, their words are hollow and they have become like wolves in sheep's clothing. What we believe about God must be based on his word. And we must follow the example of Abraham and fully explore those promises made in his word to be able to determine how they apply to our circumstances. The Bible talks about faith over 300 times and about finances over 2,000 times. Abraham's faith was counted to him as righteousness. Please join us in part two of this series, Why I Believe in biblical prosperity.